What are other words for excited? Why does every, have you noticed every video or thing that you watch, they're like, oh, we're so excited. Yeah, we're super excited. We're so excited to have Anthony Wilson with us today from VMware. Hi, Anthony. Hey, and I'm jazzed to be here. I'm absolutely about the opportunity. Yeah. So much better. (laughs) That is. That's what my friends in England would say. I'm chuff. Chuff. (laughs) All right, let's talk about VMware. Yeah. Mm, I've heard of this company before. Little software company someplace in Palo Alto area. <laughs> Let's talk about Anthony first. I want to actually want to know a little bit more about you, my friends. We know that you like golf. Yeah. And we know that you're in a good part of the country for golf. But tell us a little bit about you. Tell the listeners about you. Yeah. So I'm, I've been with VMware, amazingly enough, 14 years. And uh, Dude, that's never, awesome. I know, never thought I would be here that long. I was with Dell as a, uh, a large enterprise account executive, and I had eight customers. I sold VMware into six, the initial VMware installations into six of those eight customers. The VMware rep that I was working with, he, he's getting me a bottle of like Gentleman Jack uh, bourbon at the time. Yeah. Took me out to a steak dinner after we did this one deal, and I was like, you know, this was only like a half a million dollar deal. Why are you so excited about it? And at the time he was like, dude, that's one of the biggest deals that we've had in the Southeast. <laughs> I was in Atlanta, was home for me at the time. And uh, that's when I understood the difference between software margins and hardware margins. And he was like, you got to come over to this side of the fence after he told me uh, what, what kind of money he made on that. And uh, and so they were expanding. He reached out. He says, you already know uh, VMware pretty well, um, given that we've sold it into these eight big customers. And so that was in 2009. I came on board. I I thought that I said, OK, I'll, I'll sell. I'll get this VMware thing for about two years. Then I'll go to a real software company like a Microsoft or, or an <laughs> Oracle or an SAP. Right. One of the, the big boys. Yeah. Every two years, uh, my role changed. I went back into sales leadership after I said I wasn't going to do that. And I did some sales enablement uh, work and I trained over probably 4,000 of our new hires over the time. I've always had a, a button for uh, for developing and coaching. And then about two and a half years ago, one of my former bosses tapped me on the shoulder to come and run our worldwide ABS business, Azure VMware Solution, what part of our hyperscaler partnership. And um, said, hey, can you do here what you did with the Dell Synergy team? So when Dell had acquired EMC, that gave Dell controlling interest in VMware. And there was a Synergy team that was responsible for driving about a billion dollars of additional revenue. And so I ran the East, uh, yeah, pretty big deal. I ran, I ran the East Coast for that piece and had some oh, wow. very good success. Now the challenge was get our AVS business to a faster or a higher ARR number and do it faster than we did with any other hyperscaler. And proud to say that two and a half years in, we are well on our way to getting there in about nine months faster than we did with some of our other hyperscaler relationships. So super excited about this role. That's amazing. To use the term, was, super excited. Yeah, yet. super excited. You're jazzed. <laughs> I'm jazzed. <laughs> yeah, jazzed. But Anthony, that means that you're going to have a new job here, and if you and if you, I, I was thinking if, the same thing, right? Yeah. This is get 
this is getting ready to be like the longest run. Uh-huh. Uh, and I and I did have a couple of opportunities come my way at VMware with the with the Broadcom acquisition. Crazy enough, we had you know several sales leaders and folks in other roles decide to kind of exit stage left early, right? They for whatever reason either they didn't want to work for Broadcom or maybe they saw something coming down the road that I didn't. They decided to exit and it gave me an opportunity to fill some other shoes in other areas. But again, I think there's this target that we want to hit for the AVS business. And I just didn't want to leave without hitting that target. Um, yeah. Because I think that this is such, you know, it's such an amazing um, total addressable market that's out there. I was just on one of our executive uh, QBR calls with Mary Williamson on your side. And we're talking about, you know, the the billions of dollar type opportunity that exists between VMware and Microsoft. So like, wh- why would I walk away from that if I don't have to? Oh, 100%. Dude, there was so much cool stuff to unpack uh, in your <laughs> intro that I want. <laughs> I was very excited by so many things that you said. It's like, first of all, Shelly and I can totally relate. Uh, yeah. been, we both been with Microsoft for quite some time. So I was just thinking about your career path, like how, yeah. how new things came along over and over again. It's like, it's that, yeah, it's same company, but such a huge thing and so many different things you could get. And then you started talking about enablement and I was like, oh yeah, you, you know, you totally had me at enablement because <laughs> Shelly and I were very focused on that. Yeah. And then there also, there was the steak dinner thing. Yeah. For me, it's like any day of the week. Usually the tomahawk ribeye, that's what just had uh, in in Vegas. My wife and I just celebrated our anniversary out there. Congratulations. Congratulations. I like you very much. And uh, yes, we did did go to the steakhouse. You did celebrate with the steak dinner? Nice. Nice. Absolutely. Went to the uh, steakhouse at the Flamingo. Uh Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I want to say that we probably had one of the same uh, waiters there that we have had at another steakhouse in Vegas. He's like, I've been doing this for 29 years. Wow. So he's like, yeah, I've been at, I've been at all of them. And I said, well, I've eaten a big steak at all of them. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. There you go. I, how many how many years were you celebrating the anniversary? This was 31 for us. Woo! Congratulations. Yeah. You, sir, you. you sir are a rare breed in today's uh, marriage world. Well done. Appreciate it. That's uh, a lot of hard work by my wife. No doubt. <laughs> You just show up every day. <laughs> <laughs> show up and give her something to put up with on a daily basis. Yeah. Good stuff. That's no, awesome. I, I'm just, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm going to say excited again. So dumb. It's like, I'm jazzed. I'm so I jazzed about jazzed. it. What was the other I word know. that you used? I liked it though. What was geeked. it? was jazzed. Geeked. Jazzed, jazzed and, geeked, and hyped. Yeah. Good for the Microsoft okay. crowd. Yeah. Geeked out. All right. Let's get back to your unpacking. Oh man! What did you want to unpack first? I don't know. There was all that stuff was so good, and we could go. We could do a whole podcast about any one of those topics. One of the things I think about, I'll tell you one thing that I think about is, I think about the history between VMware and Microsoft. Yeah, <laughs> it hasn't always been. It hasn't always been friends, right? Or <laughs> we. Uh, uh, here's here's a here's an ironic. St- story, right? When I think about coming full circle in 2009, when I started almost 
like 80% of our training for new hires that were going to be in sales was all around how to defend VMware's um, hyperscaler against the uh, the Borg known as uh, Microsoft Hyper-V, right? I think <laughs> I think Windows 2008 had uh, had just come out and Hyper-V was going to be included free of charge and everybody was saying it's going to be the death of VMware. So, <laughs> I mean, we went, you talk about geeking out. I, I had to learn about kernel stuff in the hypervisor, <laughs> the scheduler and transparent page sharing and memory ballooning and all of these little knickknacks that computer science majors talked about um, as to as to why our our hypervisor at the time was so so robust and why we could defend ourselves against the board. And that was my training for like literally two weeks when I came on board. And now here I am lockstep with uh, I talk to Microsoft folks every day about how we grow to 10,000 plus customers on the uh, on the platform. <laughs> That's a good transition. Yeah. Exactly. So do we have That's a new name? Are we still the Borg? Oh, yeah, it's still the Borg. Resistance okay. is still futile. Okay. <laughs> Resistance <laughs> is still futile, for sure. But now it's an assimilation of love. Of love, right. right. It's, yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's a huge culture shift, though. I mean, Shelly, we, how many years did we spend, in my mind, honestly, beating our heads against the wall in a lot of cases in like these culture wars against other technology yeah. and things. Right. And I, to me, this is like the coolest of the cool and why it's so right to have the Satya mindset, the growth yes. mindset, the right. culture yeah. mindset. It's like that. Mm-hmm. That's why this means so much. Cause like, instead of, yeah, it's having, you know, posters with targets on the wall and it's like, oh, how are we going to destroy these people? It's like, no, how, how, how do you work together? Exactly. Yeah. The main yeah. cus- good, good stuff. Love customers yeah. love it too, Bill. I mean, some of the some of my best meetings are going in to customers' offices with uh, a Microsoft sales leader and Microsoft specialist next to somebody from my team, and they're seeing you know VMware, Microsoft sitting together talking about their cloud strategy, which workloads make sense, the timing, and it's just it's. It's collaborative. It's some positive energy in the room. A lot of times, you know, some customer meetings can turn into a beatdown. I have not yet experienced that when when we're in these rooms together. That's incredibly cool. I I, I love that that because yeah, we've uh, as, being in sales, we've been yeah. beat down before. <laughs> so, yeah. There is nothing worse than getting yeah. into those meetings, but but yeah, the ones where you come out with a really positive outcome uh that that's the coolest to me for sure shelly get on in there did you have a question <laughs> get on in there i'm monopolizing uh, all the yapping there's no no please do coming please out do. of this mouth yeah. into this mic yeah. so well when you think about tough customers you know uh in industries where we're collaborating you know what are what are some of the hottest industries that where you're seeing success you know Across the board, so right now, with the number of customers on the platform, they represent every industry. So we've got financial services, we've got tech, we've got manufacturing, we've got energy, utility, public sectors. Uh, I mean, some of our biggest customers are state governments that are going through a massive, you know, technology transformation, down to small municipalities that only need three nodes to 
you know, to run, uh, you know, about a hundred or so virtual machines that they need, that they have. So all industries, what, what the use cases, I think that we see more of, you know, it's migrate first, then modernize. I think the initial wave was let's modernize and let's do transformation. And I think when money was flowing and customers could make a bunch of investments and things could take two to three years to get done, there was no problem. Under the current economic environment where, you know, customers, maybe there's a new CIO that comes in or CTO or VP of IT, and they've got to deliver some quick wins. And there's a data center that, you know, needs to be refreshed. And it's the choice of spending another 10, 20 million dollars on new hardware, or let's finally get to the cloud like we've been saying we want to do for the past five years. And what's great about AVS is that it totally de-risks a customer's ability to get to the cloud and get there quickly, right? And I think some of the numbers uh, are what tell the story. So today there are still 85 million workloads running on VMware globally, 85 million across 300,000 customers, right? Huge number. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, what would you guess of the 85 million, how, what percentage of those would you think are running in somebody's public cloud today between the four major hyperscalers? We all know it's just Azure, but there are a couple other folks out there. But amongst the four major hyperscalers, what percentage of those 85 million do you think are are running there somewhere? I think a few years ago, we were all racing to the cloud. Everybody would have said, oh, 2023, yeah. that'll be 90% of people yeah. would be in the, <laughs> in the cloud. Right. I bet it's not that, but no. I, I know that. I don't think it's that, like that would have been said not yeah. that long ago. It's like, oh, wow, yeah. the calendar went forward mm -hmm. quick, but yeah. Whoa. It's 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 actually less than twenty percent. So of the eighty five of the eighty five million workloads that are in the public that are running on VMware, only fourteen to fifteen million of them are in somebody's hyperscaler cloud today. The other seventy million are still sitting on prem on Dell, HP, Lenovo, Supermicro hardware in a data center or in a colo facility. And cloud, public cloud has been mainstream now for a good 12 years. So even though public cloud has been mainstream for over a decade, there's still 70 million workloads uh, running on-prem. And That's amazing. It, it's amazing. And I think that the opportunity for us with AVS, and, and part of the reason why that, that many has been running is, you know, migrating the cloud has been kind of made a little bit harder than what it needs to be. And so customers struggle with, you know, application dependency mapping and which workloads to do first and second. And, you know, should I modernize and turn it into a cloud native app? And what happens is that every five years, they keep writing a check to renew the lease in a data center to pay for more hardware, where a solution like AVS just allows the customer to take those workloads in their current state, move them to Azure. Their IT practitioners that have been using VMware for the past five to 10 years, they don't lose that skill set. They still know how to run those VMs. Now they're just running in an Azure data center um, using the same VMware technology that they've known for a while. 
So when we lean into the migrate to modernize message, that is what accelerates um, customers across all industries. With an easy button. With an easy button. With an app. It, 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 we know we always talk about easy buttons in technology. Mm-hmm. This Holy is actually this is actually one of those that that does work. There's some there's some hiccups sometimes around the networking component and you know customers' familiarity or expertise with you know some of our network virtualization technologies. But you know for the most part, um, once customers complete a couple prereqs, most can do migration on their own. That's awesome. Because yeah, you said a couple of times it's quick, right? It's a quick way to get there. And you're probably, I mean, even if you don't have any cloud experience or familiarity, the nice thing is you have a lot of VMware familiarity, right? A if you're going to do so like, you bring that and I'm guessing probably a pretty easy way to start learning the Azure, the landing zone, the... Yeah you know, all the configuration that you need to do as far as administration and what and whatnot. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's, I, I love working with our Microsoft partners because, you know, they really leverage the just try it method, right? So that we, most customers, all customers can get a 30-day free trial of AVS. It's an initial three nodes, those three nodes can pretty much handle about 90 to 100 virtual machines, you know, of a, of a medium-sized VM. Now, if you've got a, a big honking database VM, mileage is going to vary. But right. for, your, for your regular run-of-the-road virtual machine, that, that three-node cluster can support 90 to 100. So it's a great way. Most customers are probably putting, you know, 10 to 20 VMs out there to kind of start. And they get comfortable with it and there's hands-on labs and there's, you know, other uh, support teams from Microsoft and VMware to help the customers get going. And then once they see how easy it is to, to run the same Windows or SQL workload that they've been running, you know, in their own data center, but now running it in the cloud, that's when adoption really starts to take off. I would imagine that the those three, getting those three, the initial nodes is probably the the more difficult part or the, you know, I don't know how long that might take, but uh, the ongoing part of the migration, like once you're there, you literally just adding nodes and bringing things over. I would imagine that you'd go probably really, really fast once you have all the initial stuff, the networking and all that figured yeah. out. Well, even on the initial three nodes, once the some of the prereqs are completed, those could be stood up in an hour. Oh, right shoot. or less, right? Those, those could be if a customer already has an Azure subscription, if they already have Express Route, um, then you're talking about provisioning, you know, with capacity being available in the in the region that they want to go into. A lot of times, the constraint um, isn't necessarily in the technology and getting the node spinning. It could be in the capacity where the customer wants to stand up their initial. Um, software-defined data center, what we call SDDC. So um, there's some regions that are, you know, more populated than others. And so if the first choice doesn't work, then what might take time is getting to the second choice. That makes sense. Actually, also a nice benefit, though, is that there are multiple regions. So up to 25, up to 25 now globally. That's nice. 25 globally, including for our federal uh, customers, 
AVS um, is now available in Azure Government Cloud um, as of uh, as of early May. Sweet. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, one of the challenges that you had brought up earlier was, you know, customers are challenged challenged with resources and including skilled skilled resources. And this is a way to help because they've got that training, the, the skilling that's already there that they can easily take advantage of. You know, how else have you seen that? So, you know, a lot of customers, we talk about modern. So the, the kind of factors going to cloud are some, you know, cost economics, right? Having an OpEx model versus a CapEx model. And then there's the whole transformational aspect of it, right? And 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 modernizing. And oftentimes many people think that modernizing means I'm taking this application and I'm gonna immediately take it out of a VM and make it a Kubernetes microservices based app. And that may or may not be necessary. For a lot of customers, modernizing could just be getting to modern infrastructure, mm -hmm. right? With the proper security and, and compliance protocols wrapped around it. Uh, I was in a meeting recently with a customer who's got 18,000 Microsoft Windows and SQL virtual machines that are all end of support, right? They're 2008, they're 2000, well, they've actually got some 2003 stuff in there, oh, right? Wow. 2000, yeah. yeah. Which means that they're also running very old versions of VMware. So they've mm -hmm. got our 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 version six dot, you know, mm -hmm. one version of the hypervisor. And now we're, you know, we're up to version eight. And so when those customers, so that type of customer could be, they might have the skill set to run that environment, but the more outdated it becomes, you know, they're not up to speed with the latest security patches and and update protocols. And if they leverage a solution like AVS, they automatically get the latest version of the VMware software-defined data center stack. Because in the Azure regions where AVS is running, you're running the most recent version of the hypervisor, the most recent version of vSAN, the software-defined storage, NSX, the software-defined networking, right? So it might take a customer millions of dollars and a lot of time to upgrade all of that to a current version if they were going to remain on-prem, right? Even if they yeah. got, they would first they would need professional services, so that adds cost and time. They would need new hardware, cost and time, and they're going to need the the Microsoft licenses updated. So you take those three or four factors and getting over to public cloud with a solution like ABS automatically reduces a lot of that, accelerates that, puts them in a safe place. And now they can decide, okay, my applications are tiered one through four. Which ones do I think make business value to go invest in refactoring and rewriting the application so it can truly be cloud native? a lot of benefits, including yeah. the security, which is a big deal, you know, when you, you're more at risk and not being current. So that's why we see so many public sector companies on the platform, right? Public sector uh, customers are on the platform because of what you mentioned, Shelly, the risk, the security, right? So even though they were, they were some of the slowest to go to cloud, and as a result, you know, they're sitting there 
they were supposed to do a refresh before COVID, right? In 2019, they were due for a refresh. Enter COVID and enter supply chain issues. And now they are seven to eight years past their, re, you know, uh, of hardware, of old hardware that they're using. So, so now going to cloud becomes just like a necessary thing that they have to do. It's a major compelling event for the security and compliance pieces. On the, uh, you had mentioned uh, paying, paying for it, right? We all wonder how, how, we, how do we pay for stuff? You know, cap, capital expenses, yeah. some of the like government, I worked in the utilities industry before. A lot of them that maybe come from more of the highly regulated space are more of a CapEx type model, traditional yep. accounting method, things like that. Is it difficult to have the conversation to move over to a cloud type model where you're getting away from that permanent hardware on site that you're buying? Yeah, I mean, there there's some customers that have, they want to know kind of where their workloads are going to be living so they can, you know, get tag information and consider the capital expense. And, you know, what we kind of position with them is, you know, really here's the, you're getting an actual node, right, that you're purchasing and that it's up to you how you want to categorize that as an upfront capital investment based on how you purchase. Because of course, with ABS, you know, customers can uh, consume it either on demand um, or they can do one or three year reserved instances. And many like utilities will buy the reserved instances and uh, look at that as a capital expense because they're buying it all up front one time. It's not going to be a recurring payment that they make. Um, and that's how they are able to do it in their accounting m method. Right. So and then others like, you know, will purchase as part of some type of volume purchasing commitment. And that volume purchasing commitment gets considered, a portion of that is definitely considered CapEx. One of the things that's coming now next month, the July 8th, uh, excuse me, July 6th, is the official launch of customers being able to procure ABS through the VMware Cloud Universal Program, also known as, also known as VMCU. So today, yeah. from the time we launched in October of 2020, Customers always transacted AVS either through Microsoft Direct or through a Microsoft authorized reseller because, again, AVS is a first-party service, right? And Microsoft is responsible for level one, level two support and then escalate to VMware. So VMware for a while as part of its multi-cloud strategy has had something called the Cloud Universal Buying Program, and it allows customers to basically purchase credits um, so think of having a, a gift card for your, you know, your favorite home improvement store or whatever, right? You got $10,000 worth of buying power that you may have paid $8,000 for. And so okay. you're, you're paying for whatever's, you're buying whatever's in the store at the price that's on the shelf, but you were, you got it discounted. Your buying power was increased because you, you got a, a significant discount based on the amount that you were willing to commit to and the length of time. So that's how our cloud universal program works. And we had, you know, three of our other hyperscaler partners in there, in that program for a while. And uh, thankfully, again, to Satya's mindset of collaboration and partnership, our CEO and Satya sat down along with some of other business folks. And in August of last year, we announced uh, Microsoft's intent to allow ABS to be redeemed through our Cloud Universal 
uh, pro, uh, program. And so all of the back office work needs to take place. And so we hit some milestones at the beginning of this year. In last month, we allowed our VMware core sellers to start quoting AVS through VMCU. And then the first early rede the redemption starts uh, July 6th. So what that means is a customer who has, you know, a million dollars worth of cloud universal credits and has an Azure first strategy for where they want to move their workloads says, I've got 2000 virtual machines that are running Windows and SQL. They're end of support. I want to bring them over to AVS and take advantage of all of the benefits of the you know Azure Hybrid Use Benefit Program. They can now redeem their credits to get those instances running in AVS. So it can it can burn down those credits on that side, or if the customer has a Mac agreement, um, they go, they transact through Microsoft traditionally to burn through their Mac. So it's just another way for more customers to be able to, you know, consume AVS. And it's available to customers that that information is out there publicly for them. Yeah. All, so yeah, any customer that searches VMware Cloud Universal, they'll mm -hmm. see the program guide and see all of the VMware solutions that are available for purchase through VMCU. And now AVS will be listed as one of those. That, that was official as of May 9th. Mm -hmm. And then the re first redemptions take place. So customers today who are buying VMCU credits, they can confidently know that when they buy credits today, come July 6th, if they want to redeem those credits for AVS, they'll be able to do so. More easy pass. More yeah. easy, more easy pass for sure. I mean, like exactly. It. Yeah. And more things for people to get excited about because this will be out on the 26th or so of June, I believe. So yeah. heck, you'll, you'll only be like a week or so away from, from this Absolutely. becoming a reality by then. So that's yeah. awesome. And, and, and it's, you know, and again, the reason why cloud universal exists is that not every customer is absolutely ready and sure of you know, where they're going to go with their workloads, right? Which cloud, when am I going to start moving? Um, and so Cloud Universal allows them to basically bank these credits and then use them when they're ready to with what makes sense. And for us in the Microsoft VMware world, uh, so of those 70 million workloads that I talked about that still live on-prem on VMware, about 45 million of those contain a Microsoft Windows or SQL license. Right, so the, the the greatest propensity by far of VMware and any other hyperscaler is with Microsoft. You know, we've seen the the information from Gartner and IDC that you know seventy plus percent of enterprise customers will have at least two cloud providers, at least two hyperscalers, right? Um, and again, with seventy million workloads still on prem, I say there's enough for everybody to eat. Right, because yeah. there are <laughs> their their workloads are going to make sense to go to one particular hyperscaler, another hyperscaler, but then without a doubt, if a customer's got Windows or SQL workloads, no other hyperscaler is going to give them the cost advantage that Microsoft gives them with AVS. Period. Hands down, we've got all of the TCO. Uh, ROI data. It's been vetted by a bunch of industry third-party uh, economic cloud economics. Because um, even if you take them someplace else, 
you still got to pay Microsoft for the extended security updates or the the ongoing support. So when we talk to customers, we're like, we're not trying to boil the ocean, but we do know of your 20,000 virtual machines, you got about 14,000 that are Windows and SQLs based. Let's take a look at those and get those over to ABS and then continue to figure out from there. And, and they like that message. Right. Which yeah. I think you know, customers really love that about that is that it's easy, it's secure, mm-hmm. uh, and you can also test out um, in smaller portions so that you can kind of prove out the hypothesis like, yes, this is going to work, and then it's an it's right. an easy path. Yeah, right. If you have any concerns, all you need is a free trial and an hour of your time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> How easy is that? How I heard is that. that. How easy is that, right? And then as more of our partners come up to speed, right? We've probably got now close to 20 uh, partners that have what's known as AVS advanced specialization. So that means that they've got the Azure knowledge and they've almost always had the Azure knowledge, but the advanced specialization gets them some of the VMware knowledge that they may not have had around, um, you know, virtual networking and uh, the migration tools that we use. And then that helps customers get up to speed faster and, and scale out from there. That's great. And I got to give I got to give a shout out to our joint customer success program. I'm telling you, we we are working together incredibly well. Our we we've got a customer success acceleration program led by some great folks on your side and on our side. And each week they get together and look at nominations that come from the field. And these are customers that usually want to, you know, start deploying in 30 to 90 days, and they're going to need anywhere between 20 to 50 nodes deployed over like a six month period of time. And this customer success team comes together, works with the customer, the account teams, their partners, and really helps handhold and ensure that um, if they get, if they got to get a thousand or 2000 virtual machines moved out by X date, they make that happen. So that that's another growth engine for our business that we're very proud to be a part of. Happy nice. customers. That's what yeah. we want. <laughs> another big shout out to both of our leaderships, you know, for right. making yeah. that happen. So exactly. we often joke that Satya is one of our more avid listeners of the podcast. So <laughs> he loves it. He loves I would it. expect like Ragu will probably right. start yeah. tuning in now that Anthony's been on as well. Right. So Satya, yeah. Ragu, thank you guys very much for making all this stuff happen. I will nudge Ragu and submit to become regular yeah. uh, listeners. <laughs> there you go. Promote Anthony. He needs a he needs a new promotion. <laughs> they won't let me leave the ABS business if this thing keeps going as well as it is, though. There's right. no way. Yeah. There's no yeah, way. Yeah, that's why they're going to give you a new job. Yeah. Yeah. So like, exactly. Keep Anthony. Exactly. Stay geek. Stay hype. Stay uh, excited, uh, and definitely stay jazzed about absolutely. ABS. The next time <laughs> I'll, I'll bring. I'll bring the saxophone to go with your uh, to go with your guitars over there, yeah, and we'll yeah. we'll we'll get some we'll get some tunes going. We won't oh, make man. an ABS song. We won't do that. And it's a boring section. No, I think we need one. We need an ABS song. We might get a we might get a like a Azure to the core, like a bad to the bone. Azure to the core. Do you want more? See, there you go. With this little jazzy song. Ha, 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 ha.